Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991, to Boston, Bloomberg 1200, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Markets. It is indeed Bloomberg Markets. Corey Johnson, Carol Master here. Carol, I read a report from IBM uh, this week that showed that yes. uh, at the end of 2015, 0.4% of email spam had ransomware attacks attached to it mm-hmm. at the end of last year? Yeah. It's 40%. Wow. So from 0.6% to 40% in a year, it just shows what a big deal ransomware is. It's very much in the news. And so we're going to talk to the CEO of Symantec, a company very much involved uh, in the fight against ransomware and, and uh, hacking in general. All right. We'll get to that in just a moment. Looking forward to it. First up, though, let's get back to the markets. We're seeing selling on this Wednesday. Indeed, Charlie off our Kelly. session lows. Thank you very much, Carol Nasser. But a down day nonetheless. The Dow down 308 points, a drop there of 1.5%. We've got 28 minutes to go before that closing bell. This update is brought to you by National Realty. Managers of New York City cash flow real estate providing you 10 to 16% annualized returns with immediate monthly distributions. See them at nria.net. The turmoil engulfing President Trump's administration spilled into financial markets today as U.S. stocks fell the most since last year. Measures of volatility spiked higher. Treasuries rallied with gold. We've got the tenure up 29.30 seconds. The yield there, 2.22%. Gold up 21.90 the ounce to 12.58, up 1.8%. Crude oil up 8 tenths of 1%, up 39 cents a barrel to 49.05. The Dow down 306 right now, a drop of 1.5%. S&P 500 index down 35 to 23.65, down 1.5%. NASDAQ down 131 points, down 2.1%. Savita Subramanian is head of U.S. Equity and Quantitative Strategy at Merrill Lynch. I think the market's been digesting over the last couple of months the fact that policy, you know, tax cuts and fiscal stimulus aren't a slam dunk. Right. And um, and we've seen a lot of retracement in, in a lot of these kind of risk plays like, True. you know, industrials, um, you know, areas of the market that would benefit. Colgate Palmolive shares rising the most in almost nine years after Street Insider reported that Kraft Heinz is considering a takeover of the household products giant. On a day when the rest of the market is tumbling, Colgate is up by 5.6%. Recapping S&P down 35, a drop there of 1.5%. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Thank you so much, Charlie Pellet, with a Bloomberg Business News Flash. We are counting you down to the closing bell, brought to you by Upside. The smart new way to buy travel is Upside.com. Save money and get a free gift card every trip. Use code BUSINESS and you're guaranteed at least a $100 gift card your first time using Upside.com. Minimum purchase required. See site for complete details. This is Bloomberg. Hackers are trying to get you, get you, get you, get you. Absolutely. Greg Clark knows that right now. He's the CEO of Symantec. And uh, this uh, WannaCry virus has shed a a brand new light on uh, ransomware and the risks of hacking. Symantec, of course, the forefront of fighting that. Uh, Greg, glad to have you on the show. Um, when you see this ransomware attack, this one in particular, want to cry, what makes this different than what we've seen in the past? I think that uh, this particular attack is a is a variant of malware called a worm, and, and what that means is its propagation is exponential. It can it can 
get uh, very large very quickly, which is you know different than sort of more point related, you know, infect an endpoint and then try and ransom it kind of situation. So it's definitely something that. Uh, spread like wildfire and really got everyone's attention. And what's interesting, Greg, from what I understand, it wasn't actually that sophisticated, and it could have been much worse, and in many ways this was a wake-up call to everybody. You know, I think that, uh, you know, with with worms and, and the history of these kind of worms in the, in, in the, uh, in the uh, Internet and, and even in some networks prior to uh, the real popularity of the Internet, Usually, you know, the predictability of the success of them sometimes surprises the author. And uh, in this case, you know, there's definitely, uh, you know, a few things that, that don't make sense uh, in terms of, you know, this is going after corporations, propagated well in corporations, but the ransom size is definitely not what we usually see in corporations. Might have been a mistake, things like that. Do you think this was, uh, have you guys done, I know you've done the work on it. Have you, do you think this is nation state inspired? There's a suggestion that some of the code is similar to, North Korean hacks of the past. Yeah, I think that there's a there's a group we we track called Lazarus. You know, we have we have code names for all these guys. You know, you've heard Fancy Bear and stuff like that, and some of the problems in the election. In this case, there's a group uh, that that uh, is bearing similarities to some of the aspects of this particular piece of malware that are associated with this group called Lazarus. And we know that uh, Lazarus did some things for North Korea, and associated with what the problems that happened at Sony and also the bank heist in Bangladesh. So there's definitely similarities there, and, and uh, but they're not enough yet to sort of to really draw a definite conclusion, and, and you know, work continues on that attribution. Well, you're saying it bears similarity to what we've seen out of the out of uh, some nations, some North Korean-inspired hacks. Yeah, and, and, and that is that there's fragments of, of the malware and fingerprints and some exhaust left around by the malware that, that do link to the same kind of tradecraft as used by this Lazarus team. Greg, what kind of a volume of calls have you seen maybe from some of your customers and clients since, uh, what was it, last Friday that we saw that uh, global ransomware attack kind of start yeah. to hit everybody? Yeah. I'm just curious about the momentum you've seen. I think that uh, one of the, the great things, you know, in this particular case for Semantic Corporation is that we, uh, you know, protected our customers from this particular problem. And we had a lot of calls about, hey, you know, guys, can you uh, – tell us what's happening with this stuff, you know, tell us more about it. But we had very, very few calls of infected customers. And uh, that was because I think we uh, delivered some uh, very powerful technology in recent releases, and we've been uh, dealing with this particular vulnerability, uh, you know, on the Microsoft platform prior to the launch of this malware, and so it didn't really uh, affect our customer base that bad. With that said, we have blocked, you know, tens of millions of attempts to inst- for it to propagate onto endpoints that uh, that are protected by us, so we we do see that you know that was kind of in the twenty million you know a day numbers of attempted infections that our stuff was stopping, and you know that's now subsided down to a few million. But the, but this malware is still in the world and still trying to propagate, and it's just uh, not being successful. So. We'll be cleaning this up for a little while yet. How has this impacted your business? Have you had the, the, the is the phone ringing more? Are your sales guys busy, or they got their feet up on their desk because it's rolling in like crazy? Oh no, this is definitely uh, you know tailwind to to our business uh, for sure. I think we we fared very well here, proved you know really strong value in our product set, and uh, you know that was not the case with all of our competitors. So we're definitely having a, you know a, a good time from a pipeline uh, build point of view. 
And, uh, you know, I think we were also, yeah. you know, very, very fast with the research. We broke this thing down quick. We had it figured out long, long before many others. And, uh, I think, uh, have been, you know, instrumental in, the, in helping the world understand it. All right, Greg Clark, Chief Executive Officer at Symantec, joining us on the phone from Mountain View, California. Headline crossing uh, the Bloomberg Terminal, President Trump just said to rule out moving the Israeli embassy uh, from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. It was something we heard about a lot on the campaign trail, but apparently he's now ruling it out ahead of a trip to the Middle East. This is Bloomberg. Let's get a check on your latest World of National News headlines among what I just talked about included. Nathan Hager in our Bloomberg 99.1 Newsroom in Washington. Hi, Nathan. Hi, Carol. I want to give you a little more on that red headline that just crossed the Bloomberg. A senior White House official tells Bloomberg News the U.S. Embassy in Israel will remain in Tel Aviv for now. As you mentioned, the president made an embassy move, a promise in the campaign calling Jerusalem the eternal capital of the Jewish people. But this official, who asked not to be identified because of the sensitivity of the matter, says President Trump wants to avoid a provocation that could drive Palestinians away from the peace table. As you say, the president's first overseas trip will include a stop in Israel. It is a reception that could be further clouded. By reports, Israel was the source of that highly classified intel the president gave to Russian officials in the Oval Office last week. The White House confirms the president had a phone call with Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu yesterday. Spokesman Sean Spicer says it was just to discuss logistics for the trip. Investigations ramping up on Capitol Hill with the president accused of trying to stop the investigation into Michael Flynn. In a memo from FBI Director James Comey, House Oversight Chair Jason Chaffetz has invited Comey to testify a week from today. Elijah Cummings is ranking member on that committee. The president told the graduate that some... Our committees should already be conducting robust and transparent investigations and oversight. It is unacceptable that we continue ignoring these scandals. He's joining other Democrats in calling for an independent commission. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,600 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. This is Bloomberg.